60% of Americans report that they are distracted in their place of work because they're so stressed about their money. You have to tolerate stuff that you don't like. When you, you have to do it for the money because you have to pay the bills, you're, you're forced to deal with some stuff that you may not deal with if money wasn't an issue. You tolerate things like a toxic work environment yes. because you gotta get the paycheck. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. I'm Dylan Pollock. And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And, and we're, we're Rad, Rad Coaches. Coaches. And we help purpose-driven people eliminate financial stress and maximize their income so they can focus on the more important things in life, like spending more time with their friends and family, giving generously, and living a life full of purpose. Because the world needs more good, wealthy people. Today, we're going to be talking about a subject that I think most people, we agree, most people view as a one-way street, but it's more of a two-way street, money in your career. Yeah, most people, when they think about finances in their career, they think about it in terms of, well, your career is how you make your money. And that's the one way, one direction that they think about it. What we're going to talk about today is the relationship that actually the way that you manage your money and how financially stable you are impacts your career. And from the career choices that you make, your lifestyle and your autonomy, I mean, just it's so many ways that um, it opens up a lot of choices for you within your career and it gives you a competitive edge i think that's what everybody's looking for is freedom within their career to pursue things that really interest them and that they enjoy and when you find yourself in the trap of not having enough money or you know spending more than you make you've got to keep working the job whether you want to or not but on the other hand if you have financial freedom you have the flexibility to just choose a path regardless of the money you get to focus on the things that are most important to you Yeah. And there's different levels of that, right? I think most people hear the focus on retirement and they think that's way, way into the future, that they get to do the things that they want to do and they're older, much, much older or financial independence, which even that it takes, you know, quite a few years to accomplish. Financial freedom takes some time too. But when you just have that level of financial stability, you already start to reap some of those benefits and say, well, I can take a lower paying job if I need to. You know, obviously you still have bills that need to be paid. You still have to earn money. You want to be saving. You want to be investing, all those sorts of things. But once debt's out of there and you feel more financially stable with a solid emergency fund, all this other stuff, you get to maybe accept that lower paying job or work where you want to work for who you want to work for and for the businesses that you want to help grow. So you just get all of these different options. So that's really what we're going to be digging into today. How is that so connected? And what does that really look like in your life? Because sure, it makes sense kind of at a surface level, but you know us, we want to go dig deep into um, the specifics of it and how this actually looks in your life, how we've seen it in our lives and the lives of our clients. Yeah. So where do we go from here? So let's start with the problem that most people face, which is that about 78% of Americans, uh, according to a study done in 2017, live paycheck to paycheck. And right there, as financial coaches, we know that that means you're stuck where you are. You have very, very limited mobility when it comes to not only where you work, but where you live, et cetera. Right. And there's a lot of stress associated with that because, you know, if, if one thing happens, and a pay, one paycheck disappears or a shift is gone, that can send ripple effects down the line in, in such a negative way. Yeah. So what's really interesting is that a completely separate study found that 76% of Americans 
are really stressed about their finances. Those numbers are super close. Yeah, and that's not a coincidence. No, they're very related. What's interesting is that actually has, like you're saying, that stress impacts your ability to perform at work. And we'll kind of get into that. Mm -hmm. The other thing, just to kind of paint this picture more about what most people are dealing with, six out of 10 actually don't have any retirement savings. They don't even have an account. Wow. So that's a staggering number. I can't remember what year that came out, but it's been within the past like five. Right. Right. So hopefully that's changed in the positive, but it probably has given like the the habits of people during like the pandemic, right? The, you know, Robin Hood, where, like it or not, everybody started an account. It seemed like over the past couple of years got into Bitcoin or something. Now, is that a formal retirement account? That's a different conversation. But still, it, it speaks a lot to, you know, even back, like reflect back on that paycheck to paycheck cycle. They're probably still not contributing to those in a meaningful way. Well, yeah, way, if you're living paycheck right? to paycheck, that means you probably don't have enough to even re- contribute to retirement. Like you're focused on your your base level needs and you're necessarily thinking about the future. I mean, maybe the future is like, can I pay the rent next month? It's yeah. not. Yeah, you're in fight or flight. Yeah, it's definitely you're not a, a thriving mode by any means. And retirement is where you start to think about thriving. Yeah. And then another correlation, and this actually just came out very recently that said in 2022, Again, the debt levels of the average American is still continuing to be on the rise. Makes sense with inflation, right? Makes sense with all of the things that we're, we're seeing going on in, in the economy. Um, and so all, all signs point to financial wellness of the average American is not very good. Yeah. And so what that means for you as a listener is like, okay, these are the things that are are going on in my personal life, but it then translates into your career and your job because then you have to work that job. You have to be there. And the chances of you being able to take a step back is is slim to none. You're you're forced to be at that job every day, whether you want to or not. Yeah. So your choices are limited. You become really stuck and feel like it your back is up against the wall. And it, it really forces me to reflect back where we were um you know we've talked about how we really started to focus on our finances for our marriage but another big catalyst for us was actually that we both worked at a business that we had moved across the country for we'd spend all our money to get there we had still had our student loan debt all this sort of stuff and it turned out that that business was not doing well financially so all our eggs were in this basket we had spent all our money to get there, and we were completely stuck. There weren't even any other employers, really, in the area. Right. Yeah, it was a very small town. So it was like, you know, we're going to be commuting an hour just to get to the next job. So talk about having your back against the wall. Talk about needing career mobility. Talk yeah. about needing the ability to relocate again, right? Like, we needed all of that. Mm-hmm. And it was so scary. And so that's a very dramatic example of something that I think people are living on a low, maybe a lower key um, not as obvious sort of way, but most people are in a very similar situation. Yeah. Whether they recognize it or not. And maybe it's not exactly that, but I think there's some other common trends. You know, you have to tolerate stuff that you don't like when yeah. you have, when it's, you have to do it for the money because you have to pay the bills. You're, you're forced to deal with some stuff that you may not deal with if money wasn't an issue. You tolerate things like a toxic work environment yes. because you got to get the paycheck. Maybe the money's even good and you're like, I'll tolerate this because I'm getting a nice paycheck or I got a really bad boss. 
and you know deep down like you don't want to deal with these things but you're doing it because of the money itself because you're living paycheck to paycheck you don't have any money in savings and you just feel like I'm making good money and I'm tolerating some junk that I wouldn't tolerate because I'm living that paycheck to paycheck cycle. Oh, definitely. I think, you know, something that we hear a lot about, I think in the career development space that we kind of dabble in, follow me on LinkedIn, is, you know, the talk about improving workplace culture and boundaries. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's really hard to set strong boundaries when your boss is telling you that you need to be answering emails at 9 9 p.m. and you need to be on call or you need to work 60 hours a week or you need to be doing all this sort of stuff. You you don't really feel like you can advocate for yourself when you need that paycheck. Yeah, I think this is exactly why this is so important to get your finances in order is when it comes to your career and how you can flip the script 100%. It's not a career for money, but money helps to influence my career. Because if you need that money so bad, you're willing to answer the call at nine o'clock at night. You you're, feel like you have to. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You you have to be available 24-7. You have mm-hmm. to work the extra hours because, man, if what happens if you don't? Someone else could come in and take that spot. And then where are you? Well, and it has a lot to do with the power dynamics. Uh-huh. Um, when you are so in this position that like your bosses know you need a paycheck. I mean, they know these statistics too. Right. You know? Right. Um, they can get away with it. And the power dynamics really are are off, I think, in the workplace because of these sorts of things. Yeah. The people know that you need that job and you're super replaceable. And so you better do it or else, you know, I mean, like we just I mean, I've heard that so many times like, you know, you we can replace that position. That's not a problem at all. Yeah. You know, and so you're really in this place where you're expendable <laughs> and you're not in the power seat at all, man. And that sucks. And I've been, and again, been there. Yeah, well, we're, we're speaking from a place of like, we've experienced it. Yeah. We know what that's like. Like we are not sitting in ivory tower, like in our world is perfect and we have never lived through any no, of this No, we're stuff. able to speak into it so well because we, we experience it ourselves and we see our clients going through it all of the time. Yeah. I mean, these are horror stories from my clients. You know, like we're talking about career development and what the next stages are and- these are the stories. It's just really important to understand the connection to this and not to look at it as like, you know, oh my gosh, everything is screwed up and we're so doomed and everything is awful. It's a matter of saying, oh, wow, that is exactly what's happening. Let's shine a light on it. Yeah. And then how do we flip that script? I think you're going to just see a common theme every time we talk. First, it's awareness. You got to be totally aware of the situation that you're in. And then the second thing you got to do is say, what am I doing to put myself in that position? Take some personal responsibility and then think, what can I control about it? And when you you start to do that, it's, man, is it gut-wrenching? Is it uncomfortable? Especially in a situation like this, you're like, man, did I just put myself in this position unknowingly? And I have to admit that I maybe did this, but then you get to start taking those steps to move yourself away from that. And that was what we did in, I mean, what, in, in less than a year and a half, we had totally changed our position. Within 18 months, I had gotten that business back to profitable um, and totally recovered it financially. But personally. And then personally, we had gotten ourselves to a point where we had a really solid uh, screw you fund 
and <laughs> yep. we're able to realize that like I can walk whenever I want to. Right. And, and then I can do whatever I want. The power dynamic flips and that's super amazing because most employers don't know that. It's like it's like a, a secret card you get to play that they don't even know exists. Yeah. And it and gives you a lot of lot of confidence at work. It really does. And I think one of the biggest things that I love about it is that it allows you to live out your values. Right. And to, I mean, not only are you not letting people walk all over you and just, you know, have you on call all the time for whatever, you know, little whim, but it's also like the bigger things where there are some serious cultural things, some values that are just blatantly disrespected that you get to say, nope, this ain't it. Right. I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. And for me, it's taken a lot of forms, really, even down to just the mistreatment of my coworkers and like the the way that not only was I being treated and not valued the way that I felt that I should, but other people weren't, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just like, I'm not going to make this guy any richer. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to help him build his business. Yeah. That's not for me. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. We just, we walked out of, a job because we were just tired of it. Well, I mean, it was actually hurting our mental health. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, we had gotten, we got really burnt out. We, it would have hurt our relationship if we would have stayed there. Like it was a lot of things, but the only way we were able to walk away from that and say, let's prioritize our mental health, let's prioritize our relationship was because we did the work to get ourselves financially healthy. Yeah. And so that's the relationship that we really want you to see that when you get to shift this power dynamic back where it really should be of just like, you know, ideally in modern day America, you should work. It's an at will thing and you're there because you want to be and because they want you to be right? right. It's not, you know, I have to be here. This is like absolutely necessity or else I can't pay my bills and I'm evicted. You know, um, we don't want that for you. Um, we want you to be on this side of it where you get to be financially empowered and make decisions based off of what you feel like is your purpose in life, what fulfills you, what makes you happy. Yeah. And sometimes that means taking a pay cut. Right. You know? Well, and uh, a friend of ours recently was telling us a story of how someone found out a, that they were in a better financial position that they were in. And they went to their employer and they said, hey, I need an assistant. And they didn't feel like they could ask that when they felt like they needed that job, but they were so confident. They're like, hey, I need an assistant. I'd be better at my job. And the employer didn't get upset. They actually gave them the assistant, but that person didn't feel confident enough to ask for the help he needed. They didn't know that they could ask for that. And so they didn't feel comfortable until they knew they were in the right financial place. And so you just don't know what kind of doors will open up for you when you're just in a more financially sound position. And that speaks just so strongly into what I'm saying about the power dynamic. Yeah. Is that you struggle to even advocate for yourself as an employee and what you need as to even perform well as an employee. So that's the part that we haven't dug into yet in general. So we talked about how like, okay, you're stuck. You don't have mobility. Like it's, it's kind of doom and gloom and whatever. And then we talked about like, okay, now let's look at it through the lens of working at a place that you don't want to work at and having to deal with stuff that you don't want to deal with. But then it does circle back to the impact that your finances does have on your stress, how distracted you are at work. 60% of Americans report that they are distracted in their place of work because they're so stressed about their money. So let's run through that again. 78% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 
76% of Americans report being stressed about their finances, and then 60% of Americans report being distracted at work because they're so worried about their finances. So that means it's making you worse at your job, which lowers your earning potential. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just like, it's a negative cycle there. It's like, I'm- Oh gosh, it's so negative. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about- how I can't pay my bills. So I'm not working as best as I can. So I'm not going to get the raise that I potentially could have gotten in a few months from now. And then it just, it continues the cycle and cycle. I can't advocate for myself and say that I need an assistant because I'm drowning in my work. And, you know, as opposed to the flip side of that is like, if I can't feel like I can advocate for that assistant, I can be better at my work. And now I have people under me and now I'm, I'm climbing, right? Right. So when we flip this on its head and we say, okay, well, if I'm not so stressed and distracted at work, then that means that I get to show up at work. I get to be my best self. And even if I don't want to, say, make a career change and take a pay cut, well, now I've just increased my ability to focus more, perform at a higher level, and earn more money. Yeah, especially if you love that place that you're working. It just makes you better at the job that you enjoy doing. Not everybody hates where they work. I love where I work now. Yeah, but like the lack of stress is such a benefit as well. Mm -hmm. It's just so impactful in in a positive way. Yeah. It really is. Another angle that is if you're an employer and you're not already thinking about this, you need to be thinking about this. Yeah, it's definitely on the employer's advantage to be thinking about this. If you hear the statistic of 60% of your employees are sitting there not working. Meanwhile, you're nickeling and diming their breaks. Let's use our heads here. How can we invest in the workforce so that we can actually help them perform at a higher level? Right. I think you use the right word too, investment. You know, when you invest in something, you usually intend to have like some sort of return return on the investment, right? So yeah, if you invest in your employees, they'll probably have a return on your business. Yeah. So that could be a good thing. Yeah. So you get to perform at a higher level so that you can continue to climb that ladder, develop your career. The other path that we've already talked about that you get is quit that job, leave the toxic workplace, go work somewhere better, work for the boss that you actually are excited to work for, work for the business that you're actually excited to be a part of that team and help grow. Or- do what we did. Quit your job, start your own thing. You know, that's that's for the super risky. But it's an option to you in a way that it wasn't before. You know, I think people do that a lot uh, before they're financially sound. And I think that's unwise. Yeah, you're just risking way too much. It's just too much. And it makes, again, for the same reasons, it makes you a poor entrepreneur. Like it makes you a bad entrepreneur because you're so stressed about the money Mm-hmm. So if you do it in the wrong order, that's like a whole mess. Um, but the point is here that you just get so many choices. You can relocate to a new city. That opens up all new career options too. You know, if you actually feel like you can physically relocate, then you have a whole new batch of employers to look at, right? It's just this whole cycle. Yeah. So how do you get out of this position where the employer has a power dynamic of on you instead of you feeling that you have the flexibility and freedom that you're looking for within your career. Like you're thinking to yourself, I'm convinced, you know what? There, It's a two-way street. It isn't the one-way street that I originally thought. So you're thinking to yourself, what do I need to do so I can flip the script so I empower myself and I have the flexibility and freedom. And so we're going to walk you through a couple of things that you can do so that you can just start to take this back and, and get the power in your hands. Yeah, exactly. And the first step is going to be to break that paycheck to paycheck cycle. You need to get yourself to the point where you aren't re- like waiting on payday. 
to that you can just pay your bills. Yeah. And you might be thinking to yourself, that just seems so simple. It seems like there's got to be bigger things, but this is the first step. There's always a foundation you got to lay. And this is the foundation. You can't, can't pay off debt. You can't save. You can't invest if you are living on more than you make. Well, and what I tell my clients all the time is like, you can't take that next bigger step until you take the first one, baby. Yeah. So you've got to start with the thing that sounds super simple, because if you overshoot, then you're actually putting yourself in a lot of risk. So you got to start with breaking that paycheck to paycheck cycle. What does that really mean? That means saving some money. That means like setting aside some cash so that you can get through at least a month without a paycheck. Yeah. I mean, and that's that already, that step alone would relieve so much stress, it, especially if you haven't been there yet. That's a really big accomplishment. Well, thinking about how many layoffs there have been right in the past couple months, especially from tech, mm-hmm. right? If these people had a month worth of living expenses in the bank, hopefully they all do. I mean, they're pretty well-earning jobs, but when you have a month in the bank, that's a significant amount of time to find the next job. Let's face it, it costs money to search for work. You know, it takes away from your focus is separated, right? So a lot of people find it really hard to juggle those two things, to Mm -hmm. have a full-time job and search for a new job. That's very demanding. Exactly. So I think that that is a really important call out as well. It's hard to do both. Right. So you have a month cash plus your unemployment, whatever, you're looking good. Mm -hmm. You know, when you quit, obviously you don't get unemployment. So that's your own FU fund. But that's when you pull the ripcord and say, I'm out. But that's just a really timely example of why it's really important to do this and why we say a month. Yeah. Just enough time to get that next job. Right. And so the next step from there is paying off your expensive debts. You really got to get rid of credit card debt in particular. It's just, it's too expensive. The interest is so high that it's going to kill you if you don't get rid of this stuff. Well, the interest, honestly, I don't even care about it in this context. What I care about is that any money that's going towards those payments every month is more money that you have to save for your emergency fund. And so that's, I think, a a way that people don't look at it enough. They focus too much on like snowball method, avalanche method. Like, yeah, we want you to get out of debt. That's obvious. But when it comes to the ability to save your emergency fund, why it's really helpful is you actually have to save less because you don't have to account for those minimums. Yeah, so those I mean, payments that you're paying, making every month. Yeah, a lot of people focus on the interest where we like to focus on cash, your cash flow. flow, how much money you have in your pocket each and every month. Yes. Which is so important. But definitely get rid of the expensive debt because it, it the interest is just incredibly high. And the last piece here to really get you to the point where you're feeling confident and giving yourself the space necessary to to have that flexibility and freedom is to have a three to six month emergency fund because all of a sudden you have eliminated the stress between that next paycheck and your life. Yeah, and a big question that I get a lot actually when it comes to, well, how do I decide if I want three months or six or somewhere in between? That actually has a lot to do with how comfortable you feel in your work, in your current position that you're in. Do you feel like it's it, like, is it in an industry that's maybe seeing a lot of movement? If you're not feeling super solid, maybe go for a bigger one than a smaller one. So it really comes down to your risk tolerance and taking those things into consideration. How volatile is the industry that you're in right now, the business that you're working for, you know, really kind of look at it through all of those different lenses. And then just how comfortable are you? What amount makes you feel better? What, what amount liquid, keep it cash, makes you just feel like you can sleep better at night? 
Yeah, I was going to say it has nothing to do with a, a logical number. It's mm-hmm. the one that make, makes you sleep soundly at night because it's it's just got it's got to feel good. So get to three yeah. months and you're like, how do I feel? And you're like, I feel pretty good. Great. You did it. If you're like, you know what? I'd like that to be double the amount. And then it's like, oh, that's your sign. You should probably have a six month emergency fund. There yeah. it is. Or we- for some people, they think about it more and like, just like, you know what? 20K just sounds real good. And I'm right. like, okay. Yeah. Sometimes that's just a solid number. Yeah. A very clean number. Exactly. Yeah. Another thing that to consider too is the type of job that you have when you're coming up with an emergency fund. Not only is it your risk tolerance, but you know, if you're someone who's, I got a great salary job and I enjoy what I'm doing, I'm not going anywhere. Well, three months is probably going to be fine. Whereas like if you're a contractor or you're a freelancer, having more in the bank would be nice because sometimes it's a lot harder to figure that out. So like same as an entrepreneur, it's nice to have more money in the bank because, you know, things ebb and flow and you're just not totally sure of like exactly how it's going to lay out month to month. But, you know, overall, it's going to go well. It's just like, man, if it's a lean month, you just don't want to have to like feel stressed about it. It pulls you out of that feast or famine cycle. Exactly. So yeah, those are the three steps to really get your power back as an employee or even if you want to start looking towards entrepreneurship. This is how you get back in that power seat. You empower yourself financially so that you can control what direction your career really goes into, pursue your purpose, live a life with less stress, all those sorts of things. The three steps to get yourself to this point are first, break that paycheck to paycheck cycle. That means saving at least one month's worth of living expenses. Uh, Then you're going to pay off, especially your expensive debt. Get rid of that expense. It's just weighing you down. Third is going to be to just revisit that emergency fund, add to it. So now you want three to six months, depending on how you're feeling, uh, of an emergency fund that's really going to allow you to say, wow okay, I have mobility, I can do really what I want, and I can advocate for myself at my place of work. All these things that we're talking about, that's really the message for today is that there is such a relationship, this two-way street that Dylan was talking about, of how your finances impact your career. So now that you know what to do, how are you going to do this? Because you know the first step is to break the paycheck-to-paycheck cycle and save a month's worth of expenses. But how are you going to do that? The first step is absolutely to master your budget and your cash flow. I mean, you cannot do anything purposeful and intentional with your money if you don't understand, you know, what's coming in, what's going out, and where. Where is it all going? You know, what are your expenses down to, like, when are your bills due and when do you get paid? That's a place that I see people get stuck a lot when it comes to, breaking this paycheck to paycheck cycle is if you're waiting on payday, it can be really, really hard to figure out, well, when do I save and when do I do this? When do I do that? So if that's you and you're in this first phase and you're like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. We have a course and it's linked in the show notes and it's going to walk you through step by step how to master your budget, how to master your cash flow so that you can take this first huge step towards financial freedom. Yeah, and it this course will pay for itself. I'd be surprised if you took this course and didn't find the $50 that it cost. Honestly, honestly, you take this course, you do what we tell you to do, and if you don't get that 50 bucks back, I'll give you a refund. In the first month. But you have to do the work. You have to do the work. And I'm gonna ask for homework, okay? But seriously, it's how much we believe in it and it's how much we know that it'll help you break this ch- paycheck to paycheck cycle 
and it'll help you move on to that next step. So please check out the course. Again, the link is in the show notes or just on our website, radcoaches.com. It's super easy to find. But that is, you're so right, Dylan. Like, yeah, there's what to do and then there's how to do it. And that's why we coach. 100%. Yeah, it's complicated. And, you know, there are some like very simple steps like get the first month of savings, pay off your debt, get the three to six month emergency fund. But like everybody's life is slightly different. And like, how do you do that? You got a lot of just different circumstances and you got a career and you're busy and you don't want to know how to do it all. You just want to skip all the wasting of your time and trying to figure it out on your own. You just want to be told what to do, how to do it, and just live your life because most people don't want to think about money. They just want to be able to do what they want to do. For some reason, like the vision that just came to my mind is like, you want to skip the line. Yeah. You want to skip the line. You just like, give me the fast pass, baby. That is coaching. And that so, is one-on-one coaching. So that's the other thing that if you're feeling like you're ready to invest in this and you're done like banging your head against the wall too, work with us one-on-one because we're there to help you know exactly what you need to know, nothing that you don't, walk you through those steps because yeah, it sounds really simple. Oh, I just got to pay off my debt. Okay, but how? Like really break it down. How do I make this work for me? Because I'm a unique individual. I have my set of circumstances and I need to figure out how to massage these things When it comes to what debt comes first and making those decisions, I want a partner who can help me do that. So that link is also in the show notes. If you want to talk to us more, learn more about coaching, see if it's a good fit for you, schedule a discovery call. We would love to meet you. And just to talk to you more about what we do and how we can help you achieve financial freedom. Yeah. So thanks again for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. If you found this episode helpful at all, please like and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. And until next time, I'm Dylan Pollock. And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And And we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches.